Welcome, weary travelers. You are just in time for another episode of the For Crits and Giggles podcast. I'm Kieran Bennett, your dungeon master for this tale, and your brave heroes this evening are Aguilan Newman. Hello. Anna hey. Calvert. Sup, y'all? Sam Clark. Yay! <laughs> and Nick Charles. Good evening. Thank you, Nick, for being the only person to actually wish our lovely listeners a good evening. Well, I was going to be an You're asshole welcome. and wait for like 30 seconds before I said anything. Yeah, me too. I, was I think that would be funny to <laughs> Just everyone do the same joke of like, haha, the internet's not working. Ah, lol, lol. Yeah, but no, no one listening would get it. it wouldn't, they'll just be like, this is annoying. What's going on? I don't do this yeah. for them, Nick. I do this for me. Uh, yeah, so we are for Crits and Giggles, we're a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons real play podcast. Uh, we play D&D, then we record it, then you listen to it, and, you know, I hope that you, um, I hope that you get some enjoyment out of it, and that it brings a, a smile to your face, because you look beautiful when you smile. Uh, Aguilan. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, I, I gotta be honest, I'm having a real hard time remembering what happened in the last episode, so, um, could you, you know, could you kind of use your oratory skills your incredible handsomeness to really just kind of remind all of us uh what happened last week joining our heroes once more in the past in the city of fernshire they discovered news of a foul plot afoot from water the water wooden she informed them that basgalub the orcish wizard warlord asshole that kidnapped orister was using ancient magic to bind himself with kuzal god of orcs in less than two months the physical manifestation of Kazal would arrive on Ianus and lay waste to the city of Fernshire, plunging the region into chaos. Targan told our heroes of the Golden Blade, a Golden Blade wielded by the Golden Blade, leader of the Golden Blades. <laughs> After a 45 minute discussion on the proper grammar around the term Golden Blade, Targan told our heroes that the sword was capable of damaging a god, but not killing one. He theorized that it would be enough to disrupt Bezgalub's magic and send Kuzal away from the Yanis. He went on to say that they should head for Cranith in the south, where the Golden Blade was rumored to be, and also head for the Starlit Rock to discover how to actually steal the blade. That night, Anya was visited in her dreams by Ikana. Ikana told Anya that her ability to see the future had, over time, been degrading. Needless to say, a tad stressful for the goddess of time. Anya, however, was a constant presence in the future. She explained, when Anya left Ianus for the endless wilderness, her sight went dark and her mind snapped. Anya was in fact only talking to a fragment of Ikana's mind which wished to warn her of anything that the insane portion of her mind might do. Then she woke up. The next morning, they visited and recovered Fergus Ferguson, who told them that when they visited Cranith to look up his sister, Bonnie Bonnison, who may be able to assist with locating the Golden Blade himself. <gasps> and now, for the next episode of The Crits and Giggles. So we, so we join you guys uh, in Fernshire. Uh, this is your, probably your second to last day uh, in the city. Uh, so today, all of the various kind of lords uh, of Cantilia that have been visiting for, you know, their kind of uh, regular sort of summit, uh, they're going to be leaving. Uh, and uh, you have been invited uh, that evening by Targan and uh, King Dunwich, uh, to a small sort of gathering celebration feast, uh, essentially to uh, praise you and uh, say thanks for uh, saving the city. So, um, so you guys obviously don't really have anywhere to uh, to be today. 
So what I would like to know is what do each of you do in the city to kind of fill in your time? So we're, so we're just going to kind of go around the four of you uh, and, and just kind of talk about like what you do uh, with your day in the city, um, uh, you know, with, with, with all this kind of free time. So I think um, Mordai, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kick things off. Uh, we'll kick things off with you if that's all right. Um, well, after the whole debacle with the golden blades and all the tieflings and crap, Mordai's a little bit curious as to how tieflings are generally treated in the world and in towns and such. Um, so he's going to turn into a dog, because why not, and uh, head down to that uh, that area where the tieflings were. I forgot what it was called. It was a shit side of town, if I recall correctly. Uh, let's let's just say so. So you head on down to the uh, the south side of town as a, as a dog, uh, and and so are you looking for like a like a gathering of tieflings, or you know you're looking for like a like a pub, or what are you looking for? Um, I'm looking for like a not like a neighborhood, but just a place where tieflings live in a city. Okay, so you head so you head on down to the south side of town, uh, kind of as a uh, as a dog, um, and you end up arriving. Um, there's there's kind of like a slow sort of transition from um, these sort of very brick and mortar wood and tile kind of stores uh, and and uh, homes and things like that to a much more kind of uh, loose affair where things are uh, a little a little more temporary um, you know more kind of um, uh, tents and sort of shacks and things like that not like they're not scummy or anything like that but there's very much a sense of that at, at any moment these could be picked up and moved uh somewhere else and so you begin to notice more uh more and more tieflings kind of gathered around um just kind of going about uh going about their kind of normal days um and they're 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 dressed uh you know obviously as a as a a, a druid you you dress in kind of like furs and things like that um can you describe to me the traditional uh cultural dress of the tieflings it's uh, it's quite a loose garb, not very, not very tight. Doesn't have a lot of, uh, uh, I don't know, choke points as it were, just because they got you know, big horns and a tail. They have to navigate around when getting dressed in the morning. That's fair. So it's just um, mainly like a big loose tunic, uh, tunic, sorry, tunic <laughs> with a big neck mm-hmm. just to fit over their head and fit over their horns with a big blanket not like a big blanket but you know like almost like a like a sheet and um, some people you know dress it up fancy it up with some things around the house maybe get like a family member um just spruce it up a little bit because you know you don't really want to you don't usually hang on to many of these things you only have one or two yeah they're quite a a nomadic lifestyle all right. Okay. Cool. So, um, yeah. So, so you end up kind of getting quite deep into the the tiefling part of the city, and uh, you know, you see a lot of them around, um, passing by a lot of their shops, kind of selling, you know, food and and um, and various kind of wares and things like that. Um, interestingly enough, you uh, you pass by a lot of uh, blacksmiths and things like that, um, especially on your way. Um, and you you actually you note that um, a lot of them are actually closed, uh, which which seems quite weird to you, but. Um, you uh you you get further into the middle of uh into the middle of this uh sort of area and um and and what what exactly kind of information are you are you looking for here just to just to kind of clarify just to see how if they're treated how they're treated if it's all the same 
is when I was uh, growing up, or when you were growing nothing up, has right, changed. Right. right. Okay. So, um, so, so what I'm what I'm thinking happens here is, um, you, you kind of go into the into the sort of the, the middle district, and um, and everything seems pretty everything seems pretty good, and um, and then you you notice the kind of like a, a bit of a, a, a commotion, and um, and then you see a, a group of guards, uh, kind of a little bit further up ahead of you, uh, and they seem to they seem to be hassling somebody uh, up ahead, uh, and kind of like uh, not not like you know beating someone, but they're they're having a quite a stern argument. Uh, what do you what do you do? Uh, go up and hear what they're saying. Who they're talking to? Uh, so you, you go up on this group of guards. Uh, they're they're not. They're not really being like threatening or violent or anything, but they're, they're obviously trying to get someone to to move on, uh, trying to get someone out of the area. Uh, and you notice it's um it's it's actually it's not a tiefling, uh, it's it's actually uh, an elven man uh, dressed in the kind of the the long sleeved robes uh, of a priest of uh, Eambulus, the god of magic and knowledge. Uh, so they're generally uh, scholars and things like that. Um, but he looks really worse for wear like his sleeves are torn there's holes in the robe uh, and he's he's really being harassed by these guards and he and he's protesting and saying you know it's my it's my right to stand here and talk i can i can do that if i want to and they're you know they're saying like you know you've got to you've got to get out of here you can't say these kinds of things uh and eventually you know some of the tieflings are kind of uh, gathering around and they're they're not looking happy that the guards are that the guards are sticking around uh and they don't seem too pleased that these guys are making such a fuss in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the market square and and pretty soon the uh, the guards kind of get the they get the message and they uh, they depart mm. what's the uh, as a priest what's he saying uh so he he starts to uh, kind of get his his things back together and he sort of sets himself back up and he, he stands on um you know like a, a little box and he sort of stands up and uh and then he starts reading from a, from a from a book again, um, not necessarily reading from it, but sort of using it as as reference. Uh, and he says, uh, "You are you are all of the gods. You are not forsaken at all. You you are to be loved and cherished by all mortal races." Uh, and that's that's kind of the the general sort of gist of his uh, of his proclamation that tieflings are not uh, are not godless abominations. They are they are uh, unique. They are of the gods. They are uh, essentially uh, yeah. They are, they are they are of the gods. They are of this world, and they are to be accepted and uh, loved and cherished along with all other uh, all other mortal races uh, on on Eanus. and that, that's kind of the the undercurrent of his uh, of, of his speaking which is um which is quite at odds with actually with what you know which is that tieflings are not of the gods they are they are born of demons um which you know they they don't have they don't have a realm demons don't have a realm uh and so you know this is this is this is quite a this is quite surprising for you to uh, for you to hear uh, what, what what do you do next um He's gonna go sneak behind a wall or something and turn back into a tiefling. Mm-hmm. Uh, just sort of walk up to this guy, like a lull in his little speech. Mm-hmm. Um, just ask, "Hey, I couldn't help but overhear, you know, what you were saying about tieflings and the gods. Um, I didn't like who who is the tieflings god? The humans oh, have a oh. god, and the orcs have a god. Who do we have?" Oh, uh, uh, my, my boy, I'm, I'm so glad that you, 
that that you um uh, and the steam kind of goes out of her. Oh, be honest, I'm just glad you're coming to talk to me. Um, well, uh, to be entirely honest, the tieflings don't actually have a god, but they are nevertheless of the gods. The the tieflings are born of demons, as the as the texts say, but. Where they where they get it so wrong is where they tell you where the demons come from. Now tell tell me, my boy. I, no doubt you have been told time and time again that the demons simply crawled from the spaces between worlds, and they were dark and terrible creatures. No. Yes. Yeah. Many times. My boy, demons are not. This is not where they come from. They come from the gods. They were creations of the gods in the first great war. They were soldiers. They were workers. They were uh, they were just like you and I. So you see, my boy, demons were created by the gods. They were servants of the gods. Therefore, tieflings and all your all of your kind, that you are just as you are just as valid as the rest of us. And oh, the. The hand you have been dealt is most unkind. Hmm. Well, what do you think of tieflings worshipping demons? If, as you say, they're from them and they're from the gods. Well, personally, I don't really have any sort of issue with it whatsoever. I feel that you should be free to live your lives however you choose, but uh, others do not agree with me so strongly. Interesting. You've given me something to think about. Thank you. And what I shakes his hand. I'm glad, my boy. And uh, you notice he's uh, he's actually got um, sort of like scattered about him. He's got like all these like little pamphlets and things like that, and sort of various reading material. Um, and you also uh, actually notice uh, on the front of his robe, uh, pinned rather poorly, is uh, one of those kind of like real cheesy names eggs that says like, "Hello, my name is." Uh, and what is his name? It has his first name and his last name. Krelog Pinswheel. So you, you, you shake the hand of, of Krelog Pinswheel, uh, and, uh, and, he, and he says, It was very nice to meet you. Uh, I'm assuming you told, told him your, your name. Yes, yeah. It's very nice to meet you, Mordai. Uh, I hope that one day we, we meet again under, under a kinder world. Yeah, so do I, K- Krelog. Awesome. That was that was that was good. That was good. Um, so, all right. So, uh, Mithras. Yes. We're actually gonna we're gonna go to you next. Uh, so, what do you, what do you do with your with your day? So, Mithras has has been away from home for for quite some time now, and he's starting to feel mm-hmm. a little bit a little bit homesick. So, you know, he's he's kind of moved away yeah. from the traditional ways of his his fellow people and going down the murderous path can be yeah. quite tiring yeah that's right <laughs> so he, he's looking for a form just, of expression just, just to, go away. <laughs> he's looking for a way to express himself so and he's noticed that that's right <laughs> not a lot of uh well, i haven't seen any elves on on the travel so far so uh he's actually looking for something that yeah. is you not some. usually done yeah well it's it's it's, it's not normal in the elvish um, community to do this but he's looking for a place to get a, a tattoo okay all right i like that yep 
Uh, okay, so you you um you you head out and you you've heard word of a uh, of a, of a, a reputable uh, elvish tattoo place that uh, actually specialises uh, in uh, in in doing these kinds of uh, these doing these kinds of tattoos uh, because uh, you know el- elves have obviously a different physiology to uh, to many of the other races. Obviously. Um, so so what what is it about obviously yeah what is it about uh elvish tattoos in particular not the design but the process uh that is so specialized that you you have to look for well elvish skin of course is is mighty fair so you have to use a special ink when you're um dabbing dabbing the tappins into the skin otherwise um the skin gets infected very easily and you could (laughs) and and you could lose whatever body part it is that you're getting a tattoo on which is why elves don't usually get tattoos because um it's quite dangerous and it's associated with the 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 evil darker elves oh, okay so, so, so this, is, this is this is kind of an act of rebellion in as much as it is trying to connect uh with your home correct exactly it's pretty um, sick okay, tattoo, cool. So way. yeah, so you so you managed to find this uh, this this tattoo place that has uh, a, a ready stock of this of this uh, this special ink, uh, which is uh, sourced from, uh, let's say, uh, you lilies know, like, a, like a, a, it's sourced from the lilies of the valley. Um, I feel like that's something that we're stealing from somewhere else, but I I don't know enough to say. <laughs> We'd never do uh, such a thing. Unicorn blood. <laughs> Okay, cool. Yeah, so the, so the ink is made of the ink is made of unicorn blood, which is obviously it's it's a class A controlled substance mm. uh, in the uh, Lords of Cantilia. Mm. So only a very and select you, number yeah. of, of dealers. Yeah, unicorns are actually pests. Oh, they are. Uh, yes, actually, in many of the Western <laughs> Elven provinces, uh, swarms of unicorns will actually come down out of the mountains and just ravage the crops. Exactly. Like cockroaches, yeah. horned horses running at you. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're they're not the same Scary size as normal horses. horses. They're actually a little bit smaller. So oh, you know, oh, like ponies. A a ponies. ponies. Yeah, yeah, with horns. Uh, Anyway, so so you managed to uh, find this uh, this tattoo parlor that uh, is has a ready supply of um, unicorn blood, uh, the class A controlled substance, and uh, and so you, you wander inside uh, the the tattoo parlor, uh, the name of which uh, is of course, well, it's actually unnamed because uh, no, that's stupid. Um, Oh my god! <laughs> no, no, you, no, you got to, you got to commit to it now. Why is it unnamed? Why is it unnamed? Um, wow. Well, the the only way to learn how to properly tattoo um, someone who is elvish is back in the elvish lands, and that is not legal there. So um, you can't openly advertise ah, right, tattooing um, an elvish person. So you have to find a backstreet kind of well dealer yeah. type of thing. Because obviously they have unicorn blood, so that's, you know. So, yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. No, I, I can. I can. Yeah, I can totally understand that. So you you go that inside. That wasn't stupid. Um... <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. Kind of cool. <laughs> sounded a little sarcastic, but no. It sounded legit as fuck. <laughs> So, so you, you go, so you go inside, and um, and there's it, it's kind of a situation where you go like a, and down like a little alley, and there's just like a guy at the door who just kind of like he sees you, he knows, and he just kind of points you inside, and you you go into this sort of uh, dingy kind of uh, smoky room, and um, and there's a there's a woman uh, like an, an elvish woman and an elvish man, and they're both there. She's like 
counting some coins and kind of doing a bit of a bit of the old admin work and uh, and he's uh, he's sitting there uh, and he's got like a, a, a table kind of set up and he's uh, he's mixing some uh, some some you know it, it's unicorn blood let's be honest here he's mixing some unicorn blood uh, and he's sort of preparing his uh, he's preparing his tools uh, and he looks up and he and he uh, says are you Mithras yeah that's me you have your actual name that's a Noob Mythos is very trusting. <laughs> uh, and, he, and he just kind of nods and, uh, and, and points you uh, to, the, to the seat. Alright, I go to the seat and remove my uh, robe, so I'm shirtless now. Okay, and, uh, and where, where are you getting this tattoo? This is going to be one of those chesty ones. Oh, damn. This is right, take. So, uh, so, so, you, so you kind of you, you recline back in this chair, and uh, and he's he's coming closer to you, and he and he's uh, he's got this uh, sort of bowl of, of unicorn blood. It's it's rainbow and you know, purple, pink and sparkling, and like there's just you can feel the the magic just coming off it, uh, and uh, and and he kind of brings it closer to you, and he's got um, what it, what is essentially uh, like a, a brush made of these broad leaves so he's, he's, he's almost like he's going to be uh, painting on you um, but you know you, you're not worried you know how this works uh, and he's kind of mixing it around and he says uh, all right you you know how this works uh, you, you've, you've got to you've got to describe to, to me while I'm mixing this uh, what the significance of this tattoo is for you uh, so if you if you would kind of hurry this up that would be great uh, I feel like uh, I feel like the gods are gonna be here any second okay so the tattoo that I'm after is the tree that I uh, grew up in, or grew up around, living on, basically, with my family. Uh, the significance of that, to me, is because ever since I've left home and I've turned my back on my traditional ways, I've, you know, my murderous rampage has been, I've been trying to fight these urges to kill people, and maybe this is a way for me to, you know, connect back to my family roots, and, uh, well, what better way than to get a tattoo, right? No, of course, of course. So he, he, he paints this this gorgeous uh, you know uh, technicolor uh, tree uh, on your on your chest and, um, and and as he's finishing what's the what's what's that final detail that to you means the world but to anyone else would would seem to be nothing the branch where I etched my name and my family name on there because that represents me as a Mithras as a as a child growing up the innocence and something that he doesn't really want to completely lose mm. Mm. no I, no, I, no I like it so he he, he, he finishes off your uh, your tattoo you uh, you pay you slip your robes back on and you and you depart from the uh, from the tattoo studio so now we're going to return our attention to Anya Okay. Uh, so what what does what does Anya kind of do to to fill in her days? Well, Anya remembers the promise she made to the ogres a while back, way while back. Um, mm-hmm. She promised to help them, and she wants to start making good on that promise. And she sort of, at the time, she said you could start a union, and and with the the miners, that idea was also sort of cemented in her brain so she kind of wants to investigate how unions 
work, so she she wants to see if there are any unions in the city, any okay. information that she can find. Okay, sure. Uh, so, so wh- where is she trying to go and get this information? Like, is she looking at a notice board? Is she going to a library or like a temple of some description? Or where is she going? Uh, is there a sort of bureaucratic central place? Uh, yeah. So there's there's a there's like a town hall kind of thing uh, in Fernshire uh, dedicated um, to. Uh, dedicated to eambulus uh but more sort of his his knowledge uh aspect rather than uh obviously the the magic uh aspect of of his godhood um so that that's where a lot of the kind of information in the city is uh, stored uh, bureaucratic information that is not it's not really a library so to speak sounds good just good Okay, sure. Uh, so you, you go inside, and it's uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of dingy, but also imposing. Like all the yeah. windows are quite dirty. It's obviously he hasn't had a lot of TLC in a while. Um, but uh, you know, there's nice tiled floors depicting Eambulus doing various uh, you know very knowledgey things, like composing the seven hundred scrolls. And um, there is even a, a motif of him uh, cursing the Starlet Rock to fly forever. Um, she looks at yeah, and all the and all these kinds of things, uh, and there is uh, one person uh, working in this hall, which is easily designed to accommodate 15, 20, 20 sort of uh, re- reception workers to kind of you know facilitate the transference of bureaucratic knowledge. But uh, obviously, that's not a particularly popular pursuit uh, these days. Okay, so Anya walks across the big hall, her feet clicking on the stone and sort of it's echoing around the place and she's sort of looking around going, wow, this place is kind of dingy. I'm not sure entirely going to have what I'm looking for, but worth a, worth a try to ask. So she mm-hmm. goes up to the guy and says, um, excuse me. Uh, the guy looks up and you realize it is in fact a woman oh. with a beard. Oh, hi. Uh, and she says, <laughs> uh, oh, g'day. She tries to put on... Okay, so it's a slightly different local accent. She tries to put on a bit of the... Oh, g'day, mate. How's it, how's it going? That was okay. Anyway, she you, says you, g'day. No, 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 the, the, no, the idea is that all of the other dwarves are Australian, but you just talk normally because oh, okay. I was trying to match... <laughs> I was trying to match your accent to make it sound less like mine and it went way too far the other direction. <laughs> I say, uh, likewise, good day. How are you? I'm pretty surprised to see someone in here. Um, I was just, uh, was just working on my memoirs and, um, oh, then you showed up. Uh, is there something I can help you with or are you lost? Um, no, I, I came here on purpose. Um, I was wow. Just... <laughs> wow. Bloody hell. Hey, that, that's, that's surprising, but, uh, yeah, no, carry on. I was just wondering if you had any information on unions in the city. Unions? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, all right. Uh, and she kind of uh, gets up and she leads you out uh, of, of this hall in, into kind of a, a room at the, uh, at the back. Um, and as she's kind of uh, taking you along, she's sort of chatting away and... Uh, and, and she said, oh, you, you know, unions haven't, uh, they haven't really existed uh, in the city for a, 
for a while now, but I think there's some records of a couple of uh, a couple of old ones. I know there was at least one. I know there was at least one dwarven one sometime after the Second Great War. But I think that was just for when they were building the when they were building that giant gondola out there. You know. Oh, you mean with the yeah, yeah the with the golems? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my. Actually, speaking of which, have you seen that new show out on the East End? Oh my god, it's amazing, isn't it? It's so good. I mean, who would have thought Golem the Musical? I mean, it sounds like such a stupid idea when you just sort of, when you pitch it, but oh, wow. Yeah, Tell you what, that whole second act, I was <laughs> I was tearing up something fierce. I had to wring out my beard. What was your favorite song? Oh, I mean, obviously it was the uh, it was the it was the first opening, but a man of stone. What was your favorite song? God, I set myself up for that one, didn't I? <laughs> uh, it was Rocks and Chains. Oh, Rocks and Chains! What a oh, yeah, yeah, what, yeah, a, like what a what a what a ballad that was. That was really a four and then she turns, for me. And then she turns to you and she says, "Sing a few bars." <laughs> <laughs> Rocks and Chains. Rocks and Chains. <laughs> Uh, it's got a simple melody, but uh, it's so good. It's just a good beat, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so your uh, your conversation uh, ends up taking you to um, what is essentially, you could, as far as you can tell, like a back wall uh, of this of this kind of building, uh, and there's piles and piles of uh, scrolls and boxes, uh, and she's kind of looking along, um, checking uh, sort of names, uh, and she's got this kind of like this cube in her hand uh, not really a cube more like a sort of uh, a, a rectangular kind of box uh, maybe maybe 10 centimeters or so high a couple a couple inches uh, and as she's kind of looking at it um, you see these like little dials kind of flicking back and forth on it and she's obviously checking this with uh, like names that are names and numbers and stuff that are on these boxes and she's kind of turning it and looking and turning she's like sorry I'm just trying to find the I'm just trying to find the box that you're after. It's the ah, this something. I don't know. It almost like there's something missing or someone's tried. Ah, no, here it is. And she, uh, <laughs> and she, and she finally finds. She's like, someone's put it in the wrong place here. I, I mean, that's weird because I'm the only one who actually works here. <laughs> weird. Uh, and she, uh, she kind of hauls out this, um, this, this big heavy uh, box and, uh, and and opens up the front of it. Uh, and inside are, uh, are a couple of, of scrolls uh, and she uh, and she says alright um, uh, here you go I guess um, I'll be here if you need anything <laughs> does that sound right? yeah sure oh one, one more question um, oh yeah where do you get your bed done? I get it down done on uh, Dundale Lane uh, there's a there's a dwarf there um, his, his, uh, his, his name is uh, Krennig Baron Bottom, and uh, he does a he does a <laughs> great a job. Like Krellog, mate. <laughs> Think of an original name, name next time. His name is Weetbix. Weetbix. <laughs> <laughs> his name is Krenitarian. Cronflakes. <laughs> his name is Hubbards. <laughs> Hubbards and the cupboards. Oh, thanks. I, I might check that. I've been meaning to get my beard groomed a bit. Uh, thanks for uh, this. Yeah, I'll have a look through. Yeah, I can't. No, no, after <laughs> you, by all means. <laughs> oh, uh, I was just going to say thank you for, for your help. Oh, yeah, no, no worries. Thanks for um, uh, literally coming in. Um, uh, <laughs> in anyway, hope to uh, see you around, I guess. And uh, she she departs. Uh, 
still like really confused that you came in at all. Yeah. And he sort of sits down cross-legged and looks at the papers in the box. All right, so um, you you start to read through, and yeah, I mean, true to who word, there haven't been uh, unions or kind of organized uh, labor forces in the city uh, and its surrounding areas for a number of years. It has been a very, very, very long time uh, <laughs> since anything like this uh, existed before, and. Um, you're reading, and yeah, there was a dwarven union uh, that was established to kind of facilitate the construction of the gondola, and before that, during the Second Great War, there was kind of one of uh, some elves, humans, and dwarves that did a bit of construction around the city, and even more before that, during the construction of the actual city itself, there was one that facilitated the construction of the bridge that used to exist here and was destroyed in the Second Great War, uh, and you know, reading further and further back, and, and you're... Uh, you're here for a number of hours reading uh, back through the history uh, and finally as the, the evening is kind of drawing uh, to a close uh, you stumble upon one last scroll hidden at the back of the box uh, and you pull it out and it's, um, it's, it's, it's not only really like a scroll like the ones you've already picked out before this is, this is made of much 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 older paper uh like much older paper it's very thick very coarse uh and there appears to only be like maximum like two pages hmm. I it. it explodes and you don't know uh, <laughs> again uh yeah so you so you you open this uh this scroll and uh you hear this sort of weird kind of scratching and whispering uh, in your in your mind kind of around you as you're looking at the scroll and you notice it's not written in a language that you understand but as you look at it the letters seem to kind of almost rearrange themselves or, or, or no, in fact, they're not rearranging themselves you are actively beginning to learn and understand this language the longer you stare at it and the letters reshape and reform themselves and uh, you see some like some printed names at the bottom. Uh, you know, they're, they're not really anything particularly important, but you you see sort of see these names printed at the bottom. They're almost sort of signed. The handwriting is very crude, very large letters. And then the top of the um, the top of the the, uh, the page kind of finally forms, uh, and you you see what it says, and it says Fernshire first. Ogre Union. How handy. And to the best of the best of your knowledge, uh, ogres don't know how to establish unions, and they certainly don't know how to write their own names. Mm. And uh, and as you're kind of coming to this uh, conclusion, you feel this weird kind of stuttering and shuddering in your mind, and you can't read the scroll anymore. The, it is completely unknown and foreign to you. Okay, I, I put the rest of the stuff in the box and sort of hoist the box on my arm and take it back out to What's-Her-Face. Did she tell me her name? I mean, she never actually gave her name, to be fair. Okay, What's-Her-Face. And I, I point it on the desk in front of her and, and sort of show her the scroll and say, um, you don't by any chance know anything about this scroll in particular, do you? Uh, she looks at it and... Her eyes just kind of like, they almost seem to like slide over it like a, a, a something sliding across ice. Uh, and she just sort of goes, nah, sorry, it doesn't really seem to be uh, anything 
particularly special about it? Or, you know, what the is it just about unions? I guess. Yeah. Um. Am I able to like make a copy, or is there any way I can borrow this? Uh, she kind of tries to like look at it again and her eyes just slide straight off it again and she goes oh, you know you can just take it I think we were going to throw it in anyway it doesn't matter what are you, actually you'd be doing me a big solid favour if you would just throw that one away for me I think actually that'd be best I think it'd be best if you just threw it away okay Anna sort of pretends to crumple it but folds it neatly and puts it in her pocket right. uh, thank you for your help um, and she puts it all neatly back in the box and says um, here thanks <laughs> Oh wow! I mean, this now. will keep me busy for the next five minutes. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, and you you depart the uh, bureaucratic hall of knowledge of franchise. And go get my beard done. And you go get your beard done, obviously, which is you know, it's a great experience. How how, how long is Anya's beard at this point? Um, probably just sort of. It doesn't grow very quickly. It's maybe just a few inches off your chin. Okay. Just long no, enough I mean, that you can sort of start to twist and put beads. That's in. still pretty good. It's still pretty good. A little bit longer than yours. A little bit longer than mine. All right. Um, oh, I, sorry. My, my very very last question before we turn over to uh, before we turn over to Poe. Uh, what what charm do you get uh, put into your beard? Because obviously you know dwarves wear a lot of uh, charms in their in their beard to kind of signify stories about themselves and their heritage. Uh, and, and your beard's finally uh, getting big enough again that you can actually put one charm in there. So what do you put in? It's a little silver fish. Because right. of the, the day she spent fishing with her brother. So. Oh, nice. Nice. I like that. So we're going to go over to uh, Poe now. Uh, and what does Poe do to kind of fill in his day? Poe is um, in a fantastic mood. Poe, um, he's, he's by himself, obviously, but he's strolling down the street. There's um, uh, There's lots of light shining in. He's kind of... Like imagine there was like kind of funky music playing. He's there's kind of a, a bit a of cycle. bit of a sway to him. Like obviously he's he's a heavy set dude, so there's there's a bit of waddle to his sway. But uh, like you, he's like giving finger guns to people as he passes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, people like are just, you know, Batman, spontaneously uh, Batman, Spider-Man smiling movie. when when they Spider Man three. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> scene we not quite as badass. Like he, that guy was like quite scary. Just how like badass and intense he was. Like he was doing like jazz and stuff and and. That's, that's quite intimidating so Poe wasn't quite that intimidating but um, you know people were, were smiling as he as he went by um, and you know Poe doesn't know Fernshire all that well but he, he's just following his nose um, and I mean li- living in Kinha most of his life he knows the smells and and, uh, and the sounds of home and he finds his way down to Kinha town oh yeah <laughs> Kinha nice. town's a thing um, of course he does. Of course he does. Uh, so his his first stop is uh, is at there's like a tiny little. It's almost like a um, imagine sort of Ollivanders. It's a really long skinny shop, but it's a uh, bookcased uh, up the walls and uh, even like parts of the roof and stuff. And it's all crammed full of uh, little little tea boxes. And inside um, is the tiniest oldest lady you've ever seen like you look at her you're like how are you alive um but but she meets Poe's smile with us uh with another smile and says 
Hello, dear. Uh, how nice of you to come into my tea shop today. Uh, what, what, what can I get you for? I'm looking for uh, a rare tea. I, I see you've got. Uh, oh, you've come to the right place then. Uh, you have quite a range, but you see, my village was right on the coast. We were a fishing town, but people don't usually have any reason to get there. But uh, what I'm looking for. It was really popular by some people. I'm looking for blue reed tea. Oh, blue reed. So you are on the eastern coast then. Poe uh, gives her sort of like a, an, an astonished smile and, and says, oh, you, you, know, uh, you know that area. Um, listen, young man, there are in this area, there are only two tea shops. One of them is mine, and the other one is being sold next week, and there's a reason for that. Well, I appreciate your wisdom. So, do you have any of it? I have a small amount, yes. And she goes out the back and kind of like pushes aside like a, a, a you know bead curtain, and sort of she's rustling around the back, and she comes out with uh, this uh, this box uh, of of what was what was blue reed? Was blue reed, yeah. And she comes out of the back with this box of uh, blue reed tea, and it, it's probably about the size of your palm, and maybe uh, like an inch and a half tall. Uh, and and you know, like blue reed is it's a very strong tea. So this mm. is this is a lot of tea. It, it'd last you for like you know a good like six months to a year if you were willing to stretch it. And she puts it down uh, on the counter, and she says, "Now, young man." This is the last of my blue reed tea, and I'm not due to get some for oh, several months at least. You know how hard it is to get. Why do you want it? Uh, well, I know this is rare, and I know it's hard to come by, and I know I don't have a lot of money to offer. I know this might be an unusual request. You probably don't deal in quantities this small, but... I only need enough for two. For two? Hmm? Well, I suppose... I suppose an exception can be made just... Just this once, and she kind of gives you like a... Like a bit of a sort of a, a, a cider, like a... Like almost like a, like a wink kind of thing, where she's like, ah... You scamp, uh, and she uh, and she she opens the box and gets out like a little a little sort of cloth bag and uh, gets like a pair of tongs and basically just drops like two of these brilliant electric blue uh, sort of tiny reeds into this bag, uh, ties it up and puts it in like another little smaller box, wraps it with a ribbon, puts some paper on it, puts it in like a, a sort of slip cover, and then puts it in a bag. It's gorgeous uh, and then she uh, sort of gives it over to you uh, and she says young man I, I I don't know what it is that you're going to do with this tea but I can tell that whatever it is is very important to you Poe um, takes the bag in, in both hands and gives his lowest um, his deepest uh, bow and his biggest smile and says thank you very very much um, and sort of scurries out of the store uh, happier than uh, than he was 
it, it, even before he came in. Um, uh, as as you as you as you leave, she kind of calls out and she says, "If you're ever back in Kenha, look up my sister." <laughs> ow, ow! <To> fuck her. <laughs> um, Poe, uh, stepping out of the store, as I said, uh, brighter than before. Um, uh, looks around uh, the the crowd and sees you know people bustling and going about the, the their business um and not you know 10 meters away uh, on the other side of the street he sees um what he's um he's after and and he scurries uh like through the the crowd and and um finds himself in uh, a a bigger shop um but it doesn't seem to have uh, any particular sense to it. There's all sorts of oddities and crystals and uh, and um, you know sort of weird uh, knickknacks of Kinha um, that might seem strange and eclectic to to most people. But to anyone who's lived in Kinha knows like these are just the basics that everyone has um, in 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 their home. Um, it's like an Asian grocery store where there's just stuff all over the yeah. place and to anyone who's not familiar you're like what is this but anyone else you're like oh yeah of course yeah it, it appears a cluster but but he knows what's here um uh going down to to the um the back of the store he finds like um quite clearly like a a teenaged uh Kinharian, um but obviously you can, he can tell by his style and um and his clothes and that kind of stuff that he's naturalized Fernshire. He's he's not really of of Kinha. Um he seems disinterested in the whole process and uh and poses to him Excuse me, um young man, you, you wouldn't happen oh, to yeah. have um any lotus and kiwi incense, would you? Uh, I guess. <laughs> Fine. Maybe. <laughs> Do you want me to find it? Uh, yes, please. That would be, that would be good. Uh, fine. And he, uh, and he, and he wanders off, and he, and he brings back like just the wrong thing, completely the wrong thing. It's not even incense. It's, it, it's, it's like a, it's, it's like a leg of pork. And he's like, is, is this it? Pose is. You know, normally I wouldn't say no to a leg of pork, but you see, this one is kind of special. It's lotus and kiwi. Uh, fine. Any, any, any wanders off, and he, and he does actually manage to come back with the correct thing this time. Um, Poe takes uh, takes the the incense and, and places some coins on on the the counter and sort of bows. And as he's about to leave, he he just turns around and says, "What do you know about romance?" Gross. <laughs> Wait, no, why is he American? Why is he American? He wasn't American. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Gross. What? Uh, I mean, I have, I've, I've had dates, but what do you know about romance? Son, when you've lived as long as me, you know romance inside and out. Hey. Gross. Poe po sort of chuckles to himself and, and, and smiles wider still, if that's possible, and says... Let me just give you one little bit of advice. Uh, when it fine. When it comes to Kinharian women, food is great, tea's better, but smell 
and he taps his nose. Smell is the way to their hearts. And he gives a little wink and uh, and skips on out of the... Um, uh, Literally of, skips. The, go- the grocery the, store. The, the grocery store. Um, uh, yeah, as, 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 you, as you're sort of like wandering down the street, to you, uh, the, the camera flicks back and this young man's standing there and he... <laughs> Poe sort of uh, he's stuffed all of this uh, into um, into his his robes um, and he's he's winding his way through the the, through the crowds kind of jostling and bumping into into people and sort of just enjoying the crowd for once Um, Mm -hmm. sort of feeling at home in a way Um, and then something catches catches his nose and he uh, almost you know like the cartoons follows the the scent off to the giant <laughs> smell line yeah um uh, f- follows off to just like a little st- street cart um where there's uh where there's like a, a worker sort of hawking uh food and stuff food here get your food here i've got all kinds of kinharian delectables and delights and delicious treats do you have uh, demon fish burgers? <laughs> demon fish burgers? I got demon fish burgers coming out my anus. There's so many demon fish burgers, I don't even know what to do with them. How many can I get you for, pal? What about yellow tusk pancakes? Oh, yellow tusk pancakes. I got so many yellow tusk pancakes. I, 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 I'm going crazy here. I got yellow tusk pancake fever. Ooh, ooh. And then Poe's eyes sort of cl- cloud over and says... What about salamander rolls? Oh, salamander rolls, that's a special pal, and I got him only, I've got him only for this weekend, and I'll make him just for you, and he, uh, makes, uh, you know, he basically just gets, like, a, a whole salamander, fries that shit, and then cuts it in half, rolls it up in, like, a kind of a spicy flat, flatbread, passes it over to you, uh, and then fries up these, uh, these, these burgers, uh, gives them over to you, and uh, what, what was the, what was the second item that he, that you mentioned? Yellow Tusk Pancakes. And then, uh, and he gets this, uh, this incredibly, uh, ugly, uh, yellow fish, like, it's real, real fat, squat, kind of, like, wrinkly and bumpy on the outside, but it has these two enormous tusks coming out the front, and he cuts the tusks off, uh, squeezes the juice all out of them, and mixes it up on the grill and makes up these, uh, makes up these pancakes, and he passes it all over to you, uh, and he says, uh, is that, is that gonna be all, pal? Is that, is that all you wanted? Because I've got all kinds of treats. Food here, get your food here. Poe pays up, um, and, like, seeing his, his skill on the grill, um, he first stacks up the pancakes, and then, um, and then what was the first one? stacks up the pancakes and then the burgers and then right on top he places the salamander rolls and he says thank you so much for making these these are my favorite i only know one person who likes these more than i do and uh gives the man a, a wave um and he sort of winds his way down uh Kinha town it's, it's sort of you know the it's the typical cobbled streets of of uh fernshire but it's uh, covered in um, in signs of of Kenha, but it goes down uh, and winds its way down to like a little lotus and lily pond, um, and next to that is sort of a, a grassed area, which is usually quite popular. But with uh, the amount that people are out shopping today, uh, is a little bit quiet. Um, and Poe sort of finds himself a spot 
um, right underneath the tree between the between the pond um, and between the tree and a, a little bit of grass and he lays out the food starts brewing a, a pot of tea and uh, sticks a few si- uh, sticks of the incense into the um, into the ground and lights them and the smells of the food and the incense mix um, and and as the the tea boils so, so does that smell um, and he, he breathes it all in and closes his eyes for a second um, and in front of this impromptu little picnic um, he pulls out a picture and he places it down on the opposite <laughs> side looking at him and he looks at the picture and he smiles, uh, smiles a big wide lonely warm smile so okay so that that is how you all uh that is how you all spend your day uh and so we're just going to cut to the very end of the evening uh when you guys have all gone to uh the feast that you've been invited to uh by the by the king and his uh by the king and his advisor and kind of his his royal court and um so you're you're sitting around uh, a rather elegant table in one of the more sort of grand but but still kind of intimate rooms uh, on the palace grounds. So you're, you're sitting in a kind of amphitheater area with uh, tiers and levels of tables lit by these soft candles, and there's fronds and ferns and trees all around you. And the four of you are at the bottom of this area, uh, and right next to the king's table, uh, there are a good couple, uh, sort of dozen or so other tables extended upwards around you, filled with all manner of influential figures, important people, and, 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 and other sorts. Uh, King Dunwich is, is next to you, uh, the other seat at his table bearing only a small pair of ceremonial scissors. Uh, and you also see Targan and Fergus Ferguson at another table uh, in the level just above you. Uh, you see Thantic, the dirty racist wizard. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Oh no! There's also the, the high priest. They're 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 chilling around too. Uh, and you also see Warder, the Water Warden, uh, all the way at the top, lurking uh, kind of in the shadows. Her beard on. Uh, she's drinking from like a big mug. Uh, um, Minwin was was also there as well but uh, he, he yeah he left about halfway through dinner um looking kind of, sitting uh, under the table eating crumbs and yeah but dump is obviously with you guys um and so now now you you've all you've all eaten and and drank and 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 you've you've been merry uh and and the chefs uh naked though they are obviously oh yeah uh, they were they were they were very careful to kind of prepare your your traditional uh, dishes uh, native to your to your uh, your your homelands and and your your peoples and things like that, um, and so you're all feeling very satisfied, very very full, very ah just so good, um, and the king stands and he and he gestures for everyone to kind of you know pipe down essentially, uh, and and he stands and he says. My friends, we gather here tonight, alive. Alive and well, thanks to the efforts of our four rather brave chaps over here. They discovered a rather nasty plot at the hands of the Golden Blades and saved not only the city, but most of the royalty of Cantilia. I think I speak for us all when I say that the city of Fernshire owes you a great debt. Uh, and the crowd just, they go, they go fucking wild. They're, they're buck wild here and they're giving you a big standing ovation cheering really just like giving you all the love and first dude who can legitimately say bro like my ex was like crazy eh? 
tried to destroy like the whole city and so <laughs> um and then he, he then the, and then when it kind of quiets down the king says you chaps ought to know that we can we can never repay you but we will give it our best shot uh, and a group of servants comes out and they put down a big chest uh, in front of you on your table uh, and by this point we have completely lost track of any and all gold that wet that, uh, that you guys had um, so we're gonna we're gonna start afresh uh, all of you will receive 2,000 gold each welcome to crits and Googles, where the gold is made up and the money doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> You chaps will also always have a place here in Fernshire, and I'd like to ensure that. Uh, and the king reaches into his tunic and he pulls out uh, a large key and he places it on the table uh, in front of you next to the chest. Um, so you guys now own a house uh, in Fernshire. Sick! We're property moguls. You're property moguls. Uh, so <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll visit this house at a later date uh but i so we're, we're going to talk about this off off podcast about your house and we'll, we'll, we'll revisit this later i you know i i, I don't want to like push it to one side we, we we will revisit this later um and so so he kind of makes that last presentation to you and everyone uh, everyone claps again and, and, and it's a very cheery mood um, Wait, is that like an oversized ceremonial key like a ceremonial check but there's actually a real smaller one or are we to assume that our house has giant locks little column a little column b like there is a giant lock somewhere like in the house that opens like a really big door but you do also have like smaller keys that open up like more reasonable sized doors okay fair play Uh, and so you say your goodbyes to everyone uh and you prepare to kind of leave uh the, the the next morning the 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 other lords of Cantilia, um, having all kind of throughout the day uh, departed, um, in- including uh, the the Starlet Rock, which has uh, you know essentially been floating above the city the entire time and has now been forced to uh, depart via its uh, its its eternal curse to uh, float forever. So you say your goodbyes to everyone at this uh, at this feast, and uh, you pre- you kind of prepare to to leave the next morning in your uh, your your temporary accommodation, uh, seeing as you you now own this house that you can uh, that you can one day visit um and so we're just going to do four small little epilogues before we close out the episode three really short ones and one with the four of you so if, uh, th- th- so these, these are things that you don't see so but but our but our listeners uh we'll see so first uh we see water the water warden uh she hoists her pack onto her back uh, and she kind of looks over the uh, the city and she departs the city under the cover of darkness. Uh, secondly, we see Targan and Fergus Ferguson sitting together on a bench in the garden, their heads close together, and they kind of pause for a moment and they embrace. And then third, we they see can. King Dunwich. Huh? No, no, it's fine. I wasn't there. I don't know. Uh, thirdly, we see King Dunwich sitting by himself in the amphitheater. Everyone has departed. His crown's on the table. His mug in his, is in his hand, and he's just kind of drinking out of that. His cloak is sprawled all over the floor. He looks absolutely miserable, and he glances over at the empty chair with the pair of scissors, and he just bursts into tears. And finally, we come to you guys. You guys are just kind of chilling in your uh, 
in your in your place, you know, getting ready to, to kind of turn in for the night, and you know, you're going to be off the next day, so everything's all, all packed and ready to go, and you hear a strange wind-like sound, like a brief but very intense storm just outside your door, and there's a thump. I'm sorry, I've like heard some- <laughs> <laughs> Like something landing outside the door. Uh, Poe, with uh, with ideas rushing through his head, um, still with his big dopey grin on, runs over to the door and, and throws it open. Uh, there is uh, a small box uh, on the uh, on the this front step, inscribed with orcish script. <gasps> Tied to the top is a letter. Poe brings it in uh, and sets it sort of in the the middle of the room near everyone uh and and kneels down um he takes the the letter out and in a stroke of deviousness hands it to mithras to read (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) mithras um poe sort of stares intently at the box like he doesn't say what's in the box but he's kind of like you can see it in his eyes. Okay, so guys, this is what it this is what it says. Heroes of Fernshire, I hear you'll soon be departing for Cranoth. Perhaps this could be an opportunity for some cooperation between us. In the whole of Greed, the oldest bank in Cranoth is an item, the Infernal Horn. You will retrieve this for me and deliver it when you no doubt come to confront me. Check the box should you lack the will to do this thing. And that's all it says, guys. Poe looks from Mithras back to the box um, and slowly, like, creak, it creaks the, the lid open. Uh, you open the box, and inside is a small halfling finger. <gasps> and that's what we're going to call it this week. Ooh! I know. Stuff. Which finger is it? Uh, it is the left pointer finger. Oh, good, because that's one that you can do without. Apparently, you can't do without your pinky. You mean the index? And yeah, that's the one that your brain, if it gets cut off, your brain remap it, so that's okay. Well, not oh. if she's in. Oh. Is she an archer? Oh, lucky them. Yeah, good for her. Yeah, I mean, of all the fingers to get uh, brutally cut off by an orcish warlord, that was probably the best one. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, so I hope, I hope you uh, hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Uh, I certainly had uh, a lot of fun. Uh, if you would like to talk to us about anything that happened on tonight's show, you can find us on Twitter. We are at for CNG Podcast. I am at Mr. K underscore Bennett. And at Happy Little Llama. And of course, you can also find us on Facebook. We are for Crits and Giggles. And of course, you can also find us on iTunes, where you can leave us a five-star rating and a review and tell us how much you enjoy the show. And should you leave a review... We'll read it on the show, and we'll also appreciate the shit out of it, and also you. Uh, and we'll love you. Uh, and you can also go to, oops. and you can also go to forcritsandgiggles.com/slash Q and A giveaway, and you can enter a competition that we are currently running, uh, where if you submit a question or follow us on Twitter, or Facebook, and all that kind of stuff, uh, you can go in the draw to win yourself a copy of Xanthar's Guide to Everything, a set of very cool dice, and also a dice bag made by none other than Agilinumi. Uh, yeah, so 
uh, go along and, and enter that and share it around with all your friends and your grandma and whatever and uh, get them all get them all into it and that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's 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 the podcast really. Um, so until the next time, stay safe um, and make sure you eat your greens because they're real good for you. And may all your hits be crits. Oh my god. What a great feast. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Roleplay. Wow. That was horrifying. <laughs> um, anyway, wow. Shit. I'm going to remove that. <laughs> I feel like I should get an inspiration dice for that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Have inspiration for being fucking disgusting. <laughs> Obviously, I would never do that. Rolls. I feel like that was the oh, uh, yeah, choice that my character sure. was, uh-huh, uh-huh. was making through me. So, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. Sam, why are you shitting on the floor? <laughs> oh, I'm just role-playing a dog. <laughs> hey, I, I commit to my roles. No small roles. Uh, and I asked you to kind of think about this uh, before we recorded, so I'm hoping that each of you kind of have like a, a rough sort of ideas to what you want to do so we'll, well, we'll just kind of go that, because it would have sounded like so spontaneous and like oh my god how, how, how creative <laughs> these the people they th- they've thought of all these things on the fly I'm thinking if someone thinks that about us after like you know 50 60 odd episodes they've obviously just been listening to like a different podcast yeah. <laughs> what about the time Sam like regaled us with the style of rock history right off the cuff Fuck, that's so funny. Did you say so off the cuff? so angry at me. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Joshua, you can maybe cut out that bit where I asked, where I said I asked nothing about I don't know who, know, who knows how it will sound. Lol, this is the D&D equivalent of like, okay, let's see your homework. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. More Oh, who wants to go first? Any volunteers? Just, like, scrolling shit my down, like, oh my god, fuck! I forgot this was true today! Hastily <laughs> <laughs> scrolled on the back of the It's like Mordai just lifts up his desk because that's doing it in the desk. Yeah. Oh shit! Hey, Mithras, you're like, uh, Anya's, Anya's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> what just are you doing? Can I come with you today? Say that you go to the salon because you're a beer. I feel like Anya's the kid that massively over overprepared. It's just like homework, <laughs> and she's got like a full uh, A3 poster with glitter and the whole lot. Yeah, and pose so, like, the one. You're making a joke about that, but but really, yeah, no, you're completely correct. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you guys are actually accurately profiling not only yourselves but also your characters at the moment. Tents and sort of shacks and things like that. Not like they're not scummy or anything like that there's very much a sense of that at, at any moment these could be picked up and moved uh somewhere else um not a ghetto just, just more like gypsies oh yeah i mean yeah i guess i guess if we want to make this like kind of offensively <laughs> racial we can but <laughs> uh, personally i'm Gypsies yeah. are a minority in this uh, yeah i was say that they are, they are still minority in, in this world but anyway yeah, 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 and like this turned I mean, into my little pony real quick. They're, they're, I mean, they're quite magical, you know, as well. And, I hear and like they... a slice of our, our fan base like getting a little bit wet, a little bit moist <laughs> over this idea. Wet. 
Didn't did, did we have did really cool like, an, is like an appeal to the furry unicorn. community back in season one? Oh, yeah, the furry still with us, I think. I do remember that. Hello to my furry brethren. Stick a tail up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, is that how they greet each other? <laughs> <laughs> Stick your tail up, yeah. <laughs> God. Like a mining union, or yeah. Okay. Um, all right. I've got other options if that's. Uh, yeah. So Anya researches unions, and she knows that there's a constructor union. For, I don't know anything about unions. So is Sam awake? <laughs> Surely. That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, is union stuff really that boring? Yeah, obviously, <laughs> obviously it is. Oh, and he's just dropped off the call. I'm guessing he was awake. He was just trying to reconnect. <laughs> um, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> okay, we'll just we'll actually. Is he gone for you? Yeah, he's gone for me. I can still see he's his still picture. He's still here for... Yeah. Yeah, no, he's... he's I can he's, see his icon. Yeah, all I can see is his icon. Yeah, I was, I was gonna... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, listen, learned. Do Sam's first. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I'll just do Sam's first, because, like, you know, whatever, like, he doesn't mind. So, no. No, I should do it first, though. Oh, and there's two Sams in my claw. Oh, what's two Sams? Wow. Oh, shit. Whoa. Are you still recording? Yeah, nice. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank goodness. Oh wow, jeez. Was it like an update or something? Gross. <laughs> Fuck you, Bill Gates. Nice. Oh, okay. Fuck you, NVIDIA. Oh, goddamn NVIDIA. That's a lovely uh, Alright, so. We're just, gonna re we're just gonna redo that one again, and I hope you're ready. So we're then gonna go over to uh, Pau, uh, and... Uh, what, what does... Uh, you clap test. Do we need a clap? Yeah. Clap number Sorry. two. Do we all clap? Oh, yep. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah? Okay. <clears throat> so, you, are, you, are you ready for me to, to, to throw to you? Yeah. What does it say okay, bag so of wheat picks on my character sheet? It says bag of wheat picks. Because you got the dust of dryness or whatever. Oh, wow. Good remembering. Right. Oh, my God. I totally forgot you guys had that. Yeah. Um, That's anyway. really good memory. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. <laughs> I'll never forget a sanitarium cereal. <laughs> Cranitarian.
Heroes of Fernshire. I hear... Oh my god. <laughs> okay. So, did I have I killed, like, a really strong moment by, by oh introducing comedy? <laughs> okay, here we go, here we go. Okay, so this is what it says. You will retrieve this for me and deliver it when... Oh, Kieran, mate. Okay. What? No, I, I'm I'm currently right. reading the sentence right now. You will retrieve this for me and deliver it when it you no doubt come to confront oh, me. Fuck! He <laughs> 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 no, got you there. You got, you got you. me there. Yeah, yeah you got me. You okay, got me. Okay. Right yeah. Yeah, start, 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 just start that sentence. Okay, here again. we go. You would... Yeah. Some of the background music and ambience used in this episode was from Sirenscape. Enhance your gaming table at sirenscape.com. The songs Savannah Sketch, Almost in F, Ghost Apocalypse 2, The Call, Ever Mindful, Stomp Dance, The Pyre, Stages of Grief, Almost in F, Minstrel Guild, Steel and Seething, and Showdown are by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.